Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 312. And today we've got two of, I think, just the smartest Google and social media advertising people on the planet on this show. So it's a special treat because we've got large brains abounding here. And I love when I'm the not the smartest person on perpetual traffic, which does happen a lot. Let's not get ourselves, but really excited to have back for, I don't know, the hundredth time, the minister of media, the maven of media. We still need to figure out what her actual new title is because she keeps getting promoted at tier 11. She's running the whole damn show. Angela Ponsford, the Skazi from Down Under. How are you, Angela? Welcome back to PT. Thank you. I am very well today. Glad to be here. <laughs> That's great. And awesome. Uh, we've got uh, Awesome Kasim Aslam coming back yet again. I'm just going to call you Awesome Kasim just because it just flows just like that. And uh, people get to know who you are on this show, which is really pretty cool. And dropping knowledge bombs about all things Google and digital marketing. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ralph. Super excited to be here as always. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about some stuff we haven't talked about in about a month and a half or so. Uh, last time we talked about this, well, it had been a topic we had hit on quite a bit here at Perpetual Traffic. And it's probably something you as an advertiser, digital advertiser, are still thinking about, maybe less so with certain platforms than others. If you're a Facebook advertiser, this is probably something that you're dealing with right now. And you're wondering, what the heck do I do? How do I survive in this new world? iOS 14.5, 14.6, and maybe even 15 coming on down the line soon enough. Thank you, Tim Cook. And we're going to be talking about not only just what's been happening and some changes that Facebook announced just this past week, but also what we're seeing inside that platform itself. And then from Cosm's side, like we haven't really talked about the Flock update. And if you're not sure what the Flock update is, you might have been actually living under a, a digital marketing or digital advertising rock for the last year or so. And that is the federated learning of cohorts. I always have to look up exactly what it is. And Cosm is going to explain how that uh, affects you as an advertiser. And what it means for you moving forward here. So why don't we just start off with the real good news on the iOS uh, 14 side of the equation. Ange, what are we seeing out there? What's the new latest thing? What's your sense of how things are going? And what can you tell the perpetual traffic audience about what our experience has been uh, spending millions and millions of dollars of uh, Facebook's money or our money on Facebook the last couple of months? Yeah. It's it's been pretty tough. 
the past week in particular has been tough, but I do have some good news that Facebook have brought out in the past week. So it's not all doom and gloom, but yeah, if you are running Facebook ads for yourself, for customers, then just, you know, I, I see you, I feel you. It's hard. It's tough right now. Um, the main thing really is, is the lack of visibility. So I think there, there's two issues that, that are going on. There's a lack of visibility of the results that are showing in ads manager, which is making it challenging to, to really see what's happening with your campaigns. Are they performing? Are they not performing? So that's one thing. And then the other thing, which has I don't think it's been acknowledged by, by Facebook, but just the optimization, the optimization of your campaigns, even to cold traffic. So, you know, we all knew with iOS 14 coming in that the retargeting audiences would be affected because we weren't getting all the data coming back through, you know, from the actions that people were taking once they left Facebook. But what we are seeing is that even those ads to cold traffic are struggling as well. And we suspect it's just because of the lack of data, the lack of signal that's coming back through the algorithm possibly struggling. Now that hasn't been confirmed by Facebook, but we're, we're definitely seeing signs of that across Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of accounts right now. Yeah. So breaking this down, it's two things. It's what you see inside Ads Manager, but it's also how the algorithm is actually using the data, let's say conversion data at this point, to laser focus or to triangulate who to target, who to actually retarget with creating retargeting audiences, obviously the level ones for level four audiences and level fives, which is our purchasers audiences. All of that is now adversely affecting what we see inside of Ads Manager when we log in, but also secondarily, could it have a deleterious effect on ad performance because the machine isn't working as well as it possibly can because it's missing a cohort of data from this update? Is that a yeah. safe analysis? Yeah, absolutely. It is. And I think we're we're particularly feeling it, I would say right now, with customers that have higher CPAs. And that's often because of, you know, the amount of spend that we're pushing through. And there still is that requirement to have uh, or the recommendation to have 50 conversions per week. And, you know, when you're working with higher CPAs, that becomes a challenge sometimes, uh, especially customers don't have unlimited budgets, you know, to push through to get that. Yes, we know that that's the best practice, but in reality, sometimes it's just not possible. So we're definitely seeing a drop in performance and not just the perceived and viewed performance in Ads Manager, we're seeing it in their Shopify stores as well. So right. yeah, it's 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 a challenge, but it's all an opportunity as well to, to change things up and, and to do things better. So you know, you know me, I always have a positive slant on these things. And there is some, some good news from Facebook as well on this, which I can get onto. So it's an interesting thing. So that's, I mean, we do see a fair amount of fluctuation from customer account to customer accounts. There's, you know, we've got multiple dozens of customer accounts inside tier 11. Some are still doing pretty well overall, meaning pre, you know, 14.5, you know, but some are not. And it stands to reason that if you have a higher CPA target, let's just do the math here. Let's say you've got an ad set that on average is spending you know, $700 a week, maybe $100 a day, and your CPA is maybe 100 bucks. Well, that is probably getting, if you're doing all things right, you might be getting seven conversions in a week, which falls short of 50 conversions per week. So because the CPA is higher, that's going to be a smaller subset of optimization data that's being fed back into Facebook. Whereas if I've got a $1 CPA 
on that if I do my math correctly, one, you know, 700 divided by one, at 700 conversions, chances are the algorithm isn't gonna have as much of an issue because even though you might have some loss of signal there, there's still more data, there's more data endpoints if you're, uh, you know, whatever your conversion target is, in that case, it might be a lead, obviously, for a dollar, maybe it might be $100 for a purchase, whatever the conversion is, the point is, is less data fed back to the machine, not a good thing, more data fed back into the machine, a much better thing. And in this case, in this scenario here with loss of data, it's certainly something that's uh, we're seeing fluctuations from account to account. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you explained it really well there, Ralph. That's that's exactly what we think is happening right now. So yeah, it, it's challenging. It's challenging times. Uh, I think going back to the fundamentals of, of, of marketing, that, that really, it, that still holds true. Uh, I know we're hearing a lot from our uh, Facebook partner manager around creative, around, you know, really having good creative that talks to your ideal customer um, or your ideal customers. Uh, something that we were discussing with her yesterday was around, you know, putting all your, rather than segmenting out each ad set to hit a specific uh, avatar is putting them all together and putting all that creative in the, in, in the one place. Now, that's a little bit of a controversial idea. Uh, I think for me, I, I've actually never personally seen that to work particularly well. They but, love to give us that advice though, don't you they? Know, just put this, it all in one inch. and let the algorithm work. So, um, but we actually are going to try it with one of our customers because the current way that we're doing it ha has fallen off, has dropped off. Yeah. So we're like, look, let's try it. You know, we have, we have the assets to hit the different avatars. Let's test it and see how it does. So, you know, we can report back on that next time. Uh, we are going to do a little bit of a test. So I guess that's one thing we are taking on board what Facebook are saying and, and trying to test it in at least one of our customers' accounts, as long as, you know, th there's things that are going on in, in those accounts that maybe aren't working. So we're like, okay, let's test something new. Let's try it out. But definitely huge focus for us right now on, on creative and making sure that we've got the best creative that we can to hit uh, the avatars for uh, different customers. Yeah. You know, what's funny yeah. about that is every time there's a major shakeup with one of these networks, we always go back to fundamentals. Always, yep. always. It's never like, mm -hmm. oh, a new shiny object solves the problem. It's always like, you know, blocking and tackling, go figure out your free throws. I was in, I'm in a Facebook group where somebody asked about the iOS update, was looking for some advice and you get people dropping, you know, two and 3000 word diatribes and Ryan Dice chimes in and all he said was, may the best copywriter win. <laughs> and it was, it was brilliant because he was absolutely right. You know, now we can't cheat. We can't, you know, hide. We can't sneak data out of anything. It's just, who has the best message? Who has the best offer? Who has the best hook? And we're right back to where we've always been, which is, you know, focusing on the fundamentals. I think that that's a, that's a lesson I hope we can stop relearning. Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, uh, human nature doesn't really change all that much, if at all. And I would submit that it hasn't changed, you know, since at least we've all been alive here. Maybe I've been alive longer than you guys, unfortunately. But the point is, is that, that the simple stuff still does work. I mean, it's a, it's a reason why we doubled down our focus on creating really compelling messaging avatars and something that we call the ads lab inside tier 11, you know, has it had an impact that mitigates this change? No, it hasn't, but it is still a really important part and that's advertising basics. Like you can talk about like divvying up all your traffic into different levels and everything and having different messaging and all these other sorts of things, like the way that we manage our campaigns through this ad amplifier system that we use. 
the point is, is like that the most important thing really is the front facing ad, but also the second most important thing still is. And I, I would imagine if Ryan did a second post in that group, he'd probably talk about your offer and your offer actually has to be really, really good. Like we were just on a call, uh, you know, I'll, these guys are super sharp marketers. You know, they sell products in the fishing space and you know, they've had a product that has done extremely well as a tripwire offer, sort of a, you know, a $7 low price product, $5 in that range. And then the upsell path is into their membership site. And they have a, a one, you know, one click upsell or sort of an order bump on the order page. And I asked them like, well, their results keep going, like their CPAs keep going up and up and up and up and up, especially in the last 30 days or so they've seen, you know, real increases in CPA, but lower overall return on ad spend. I said, well, how long have you guys been running that offer? They said, well, two years to the same market wow. with basically the same stuff. And I said, well, but they, they were smart enough to realize they said, okay, we understand this offer is tired or maybe we retire it, but still it's like, you got to cycle stuff through. It's not going to be just one product forever, unless you're in a mass market or you have the cure for cancer, it doesn't matter what it is. So what they have figured out, and which is one of the reasons why we really want to work with them is like, we'll obviously help guide them through this. But they said, all right, we're going to take that same kind of offer and maybe with a different product, very similar to it, same style, because at the end of the day, they know they need to probably go negative to acquire a customer, but they make up for it on the back end because their lifetime value, which they've dialed in based upon who opts in or who buys into their like their you know their club their insiders club is 10x more than it would be i mean not 10x i think it was about 7x more than it would be if they didn't opt into that club so what i'm saying here is like no matter where you're advertising whether it's google whether it's facebook whether it's anything in between like your job when it comes to advertising is to be a business owner and to look at your business from top to bottom the entire thing like how can i approach my audience who is interested in my stuff with an offer, maybe multiple offers at the same time, maybe not just one, these guys hit it out of the park with one, which is great, but they figured out a system and a way in which to acquire customers and the offer got tired. Great. Like that happens. I don't care if you're, you know, if you're John Carlton writing ad copy for them, you know, they're not going to get lower CPAs, but what they do need is another offer in which to approach the same potential target market, swap that out and maybe bring back this offer that's tired at a later date. That's marketing. That's not just relying on advertising. And I think us as business owners, we have to think far more holistically about how to grow our business. Because if you've got a great video that converts today, great. That just means you've got an expiration date on that video because it's going to eventually tire out. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, but you make the plan right now. And I think that does mitigate some of this iOS stuff that we're dealing with. Yeah. Well, you know, people get romantic about how they make their money. They get romantic about their ads or, you know, this has always worked. And, and then they sink funds trying to feed that, you know, that self-perpetuating, it's almost ego-driven Marketing. I think you, Ralph, you spoke to another one of the, the core principles of not just marketing, but just entrepreneurship. Know your freaking numbers. Yeah. Know how much you can afford to lose. Know how much you need to spend to get a customer. Know what your attention is. Know what your, you know, and, and so many businesses, especially when it's feast, they decide to kind of let that piece of it go. And then as it narrows down and you move into famine, those are the ones that are going to go first because they don't realize how deep they're into it. Yeah. yeah. 
So oh, true. yeah, where uh, we're yeah, and this is this is these are the ones that are saying, all right, well, I can't do this anymore. Like there are some because I don't really know my numbers or I don't understand what the lifetime value is. Maybe you do have to go negative in some cases. These guys are going 75 cents every transaction negative, but they understand it's the long game. Now changing up their front end offer is going to change a lot. So those numbers will look better when it comes back out. The point is like they knew like they needed to make a change, but they also understood what their business is all about. And like, those are the ones that are going to continue to thrive Mm. even with these challenges today. So, uh, super, super good points. So, well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean, no one commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, influence and persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Brandley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And you, you mentioned that there is a part to this that actually might be some help for us coming the end of this month. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there was um, three updates that, that Facebook issued this week, specifically relating to conversion campaigns in Ads Manager and Facebook. So I'll just go through what those three are, uh, because I think it, it's there is a little bit of light. So one of the changes is around uh, the 72-hour reset period for the events that you're optimizing for. So with the iOS updates, you had to select eight events, so prioritize depending on what your funnel was. So, you know, purchase, add to cart, view content, lead, whatever your, your, your eight events were. Now, if you made any changes to those, your ads were paused for 72 hours. <laughs> It's a long time. And then you had to manually go in and restart them again after those, that 72 hours. So you you just, you couldn't make it, it couldn't make any changes. It was impossible. So what they've done is they're relaxing that 72 hour period. So your ads will not be paused anymore, but there is a limit to how often you can make the changes. So I think it's, you know, one, you're allowed to make one change every three days or something like that. So you still have to think about what you're doing. You still have to put the thought process in to make sure you're optimizing for the correct events, but that is going to make it so much easier um, for, for a lot of customers we've already dealt had to deal with this in the past week with with a customer that wanted to change to add in a lead event for a short-term promo but 
we didn't have lead events in there and we're like oh it's only going to run for three days we can't have no ads running so yeah, yeah this is good this is um a big a big thing for for anybody in the weeds dealing with that so that's good news the other bigger possibly piece of news is that uh, on if you're optimizing for seven day click which is the default attribution setting you will now have conversions modeled in there so data of the modeled conversions let me explain that so when iOS first came in, and this is something that I think a lot of people didn't actually understand, when the flip was switched, switch was flipped, uh, basically, if you were optimizing for that seven-day click reporting, you were not seeing any of the opt-out data for iOS people. Nothing. Okay. All you, Say all you that were again. Okay. So <laughs> I when, know you know this stuff. Say yeah. it slower. <laughs> so when iOS came in, the default attribution in there was seven-day click. If that's what you were using, you were actually then not seeing any data for opted out iOS users. All, all you're seeing there for the seven-day click data was opted in iOS users and Android, uh, anything else. Yeah. So Seven-day. Seven-day. No visibility on the opter outers. No visibility Just on the Just out of curiosity, Anches, I remember when it first happened, they said that the early data showed 95% of iOS users weren't opting in. Is that still roughly the case or has it improved at all? Uh, yeah, I can get you the, those numbers. I'll, put, I'll get you a link uh, for the show notes. Uh, it's the issue with the, the opt-in, opt-out is that once people update, they're automatically opted out ah. until they see the prompt. And the and prompt might not... In. Then they have to opt in and the prompt might not appear for up to two weeks after they, they update their system. So there's like, there's, that's why it's actually quite hard right now to figure out what the actual opt-in, opt-out rate is, because there's also this delay with people seeing the prompt to do it. So, uh, but I do, I, I do have a good link, which is updated daily, I believe, um, on the actual opt-in, uh, opt-in, opt-out rates. But it's it's growing, it's growing a lot uh, because now it's the auto updates that are happening for most people. So that's increasing the number of people that are opting out. So if you're so, doing yeah. seven day click optimization on your ads, which is like if you created an ad today, it defaults to that anyway. Seven day click, yes. one day view. Yeah, seven day right? click, I believe. Yeah, right. Without, but you can choose well, one day view as well. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so, so you weren't seeing any of that opted out data. Uh, but if you were using one day click or one day click, one day view, you would see the opted in out data. So a lot of people didn't understand this. So you optimize for the shorter window and Facebook will show you the opted out and the opted in data. But if you optimize for the seven day window, you were only seeing the opted in data. So this I know is the old trade off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so, it's totally a trade-off. Absolutely totally a trade-off. Because trade you're not potentially getting as much data on the seven day, but at least you know you're going to get the majority of the opted outs in the one day. Yes. This is a yes. stupid question, but how can they deliver the opted out in the one day? I thought opted out means they don't have access to that data. It's modeled. I'm glad you uh, asked that well, because this is exactly very good yeah, question. It is a great question. It's modeled modeled data i'm saying this you know uh, um, like quotation marks modeled yeah. data that's what facebook's telling us uh, so the announcement this week is that they are going to now include that modeled data in the seven day click setting so that starts this week it's active so there, our question really is 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 this going to you're well now you're going to on the default setting 
get modeled opted out data is that going to materially affect what you see inside the platform as of june 30th actually and yes, june 30th yep as of that date are you secondarily going to be able to like we talked about before be able to use model data which you know facebook knows who opted in and who opted out right we're sort of assuming that like the data is there question is is what is the what is the relevance of that data the effectiveness of that data and helping with reporting which is now missing and or well yeah and or optimization which helps your ads serve better to the proper audiences especially for cold traffic yeah so definitely on the reporting front it will be easier to see that because you see that data in ads manager for the especially for people that are just using ads manager to look at the data that don't have a third party tool they'll see more data one thing and then i guess it will be let's wait and see if we see an uptick in performance after june 30th with the addition of that extra data that's tbd tbd so but nothing about so the attributions like if i go on and create an ad the attribution setting this is under ad sets by the way inside facebook is already defaulted to seven days so this is probably something that's going to affect you the advertiser if you don't toggle that switch to mm -hmm. another optimization or an attribution setting, correct? Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, you know, anybody that's running Facebook ads will know the pain right now if you have multiple attribution settings and you can't see totals and, you know, the, there, there's hacky ways to, to see those totals and using ads reporting. But yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to see that data in ads yeah. manager. Yeah, for sure. So as far as how this is, uh, obviously it's, it's having a challenging effect on the higher CPA stuff, lower CPA, not quite as much just in general, what's the, like the, the general tenor of the teams and the customers that you're seeing so that people who are listening to the show don't think they're necessarily alone. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in this together. Yep. Yeah. No, you know, we're, we're hearing it um, from, um, from customers who, and it isn't just the data in Facebook. They are seeing less sales in Shopify. And really, for for for, well, for all of them, nothing much else has changed apart mm -hmm. from the iOS updates. You know, they're still pumping out good creative, still, you know, actively uh, making sure that they, we've got the best setup. Um, yeah. One other thing, which I, I guess is worth mentioning, uh, it's not related to in the platform. It's, you know, market conditions with uh, people coming out of, of lockdowns ending, people summer in the US, people getting out and about. I think that there definitely is an aspect of that with less eyeballs online at the moment. Uh, so that, that's also something that I suspect is having an impact mm, on top of the iOS Super stuff. interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, that's really yeah. insightful. Yeah, I, so, it totally makes sense, though. Just maybe another silly question: Why would CPMs go up in this in in this <laughs> ecosystem? Why wouldn't Facebook like grade us on a curve? You know, you'd think that they they'd throw everybody a bone and and not not bleed us dry. Yeah, that I mean that in itself. Apparently, there was a bug last weekend that caused increased CPMs. Wow. So we're all patiently waiting for our two cent refunds from yeah, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that, that has been, you know, we've had confirmation that that's happened and they are reviewing it for um, to see if refunds are applicable. We, we had one customer. The CPM is, is high generally anyway, like ridiculously high, like 40, 50 bucks. It jumped to 120 CPM at the weekend to cold traffic. I mean, it, it's almost impossible to get a decent result when those kind of things are happening. So, yeah, as I say, it's, we're, we're seeing it. We're struggling with exactly the same things as everybody else is struggling with. It's, um, yeah, it's just staying positive, making sure you're doing the fundamentals, yeah, and staying, staying up to date with all the updates that are happening. Okay, well, I've got a crystal ball guess at what's going to happen, and y'all can make fun of me when I'm wrong. I, I think when there's a major change like this to the ecosystem, what ends up happening is, Everybody in the short term overspends to try to, you know, regain what they had, but then almost immediately overcorrects and pulls back. And the folks that it's, it's just like the stock market. When the stock market takes a dip, you're supposed to stay consistent, you know, dollar cost average, but keep your head on and stay calm. And I think the folks that stay calm and try to weather the storm are going to do okay. But the people that are, you know, doing the weird peaks and valleys things, I think they're going to, they're going to cost themselves a lot of money. I think you're spot on. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, I also think what's remarkable through all this is the stock price for Facebook is at an all-time high. And I don't think this, the stock has actually been like, Wall Street has factored this change in because there's there's a lot of frustrated advertisers out there. And it's it's interesting that the CPMs are going up. And I always sort of think, well, why is that? Follow the money. I guess the bug is one Potential reason, convenient excuse from my perspective, but not like I'm a conspiracy theory person at all. But I do know that capitalist uh, rules apply wherever business is being done. And if you have advertisers getting frustrated and no longer wanting to advertise, what's the one thing you can do as a platform in order to make up for that potential advertising shortfall? Because you're going to have to report your quarterly earnings sooner rather than later. So why not crank up your CPMs? Just, you know, it doesn't make much sense like from an advertiser perspective, but it certainly does make sense from a business perspective. So I'll, uh, I'll stop my rant on that. But I do think that a smart thing for Facebook to do is understand and recognize that, you know, the advertisers that are spending a fair amount of money here, you know, we've seen some decreases, you know, week over week. In our spend, and we're not going to kid you here. Obviously, we're an agency. We want new business. We want new customers. It's one of the reasons we do this podcast. You know, cost them the same sort of thing. But the point is, is like it is what it is. Like it's th there is more of a challenge here than there ever has been on this platform. And I think Facebook, like we have talked about many times before on the show, was caught somewhat unprepared for exactly what the impact is going to be. And I think they've done a fairly good job of minimizing it to the business world and Wall Street in general. But I think that will show itself in the coming quarters as reflected in the stock price. Hmm. Call me crazy. No, I think that's brilliant. I never thought about that. But I, you know, them trying to bridge the gap, that's, I think you're spot on. That has to be hmm. it. So speaking of another very largely publicly traded company, even though it's Alphabet now, which includes Google, <laughs> there's been a fair amount of things going on on that side of the equation too. Maybe not quite as uh, you know catastrophic as some people would say, but uh, on the Facebook side, but there's been a lot of changes and obviously this flock update is a big deal. So let me give us a little bit of uh, the what's working now and some of the challenges that you're facing over on the, the Google side of the equation from what you see, Kasim. 
Yeah. So Flock is coming and that's what makes it, you know, obviously a little bit different than the iOS 14 update. It's it's the, the storm on the horizon. It's no longer theoretical, though. They actually started testing it. So, you know, I think the last count, it was 0.5% of all Chrome browsers um, are now being quote unquote flocked. And Flock is federated learning of cohorts. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll try to do my best at just a, a quick and dirty. Google's taking away the one-to-one connection that we used to have with the browser. So it used to be, you know, Angela comes to my site, looks at these three pages, takes this action. And I, I get that information from a, a, an analytics perspective. What they're doing now is they're taking Angela and putting her into a, a flock, quote unquote, of people and, and flocks number in the thousands. And your flock is based off of your browsing behavior. So, you know, Angela likes um, boy bands and dogs and uh, just got married and European travel and PPC and, you know, whatever. Like all the, they take all the-, the, the Definitely multiple. boy bands. Yeah, definitely boy bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Angela, I'm just rattling things off at the top of my head. Um, they're, they're taking like every, basically every dimension of your browsing personality and then they're putting you in a group of people just like you. And again, quote unquote, just like you based off of what Google sees. Now, Google has 70 million demographic and psychographic profiling factors. So their ability to do this is pretty damn good, but it puts the advertiser at a disadvantage because now you're, you're, your visibility into your customers based off of what Google deems important. And so, you know, in this, think of it as a word cloud of, of you know, who your customer is the product or service that I'm offering might not necessarily be the most important part of that flock, which limits my visibility. It limits my ability to interact with this consumer and it's updating, I think every seven days at last count. So people are constantly moving in and out of it. And I'm not able to see what you did. Google instead says, Hey, somebody from this flock came to your site may have looked at some of these pages in this rough time window and they're sprinkling in noise which means they're, they're just giving us false data to protect people's privacy. Uh, and, and, and what that'll end up doing, I think, is larger advertisers that are able to spend into the ecosystem are going to be fine. Google's run tests, and they said that they're able to, to recreate the, the conversion, same conversion values with, I think, 95% efficacy or whatever. The issue with that, though, is the tests were with advertisers that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. My average client spends you know 10 grand a month. So my s- smaller clients aren't going to be able to spend enough to, I think, reach critical mass. And so what's, what's interesting, and this sounds so predatory, and I'm sorry to say it, this is going to be great for me. Like the agency is going to win because people are going to go hire an agency because agency is going to have more clients, more data. We're going to be able to optimize to a better degree. But what worries me is my students or, or you know, people that are trying to play the DIY game because they're not going to be able to contend in this ecosystem. And very last thing I'll say before I shut up, and I, I know I've gone too far already. I think what this is going to do is give rise to lead aggregators. Because if you're one plumber in Portland, Oregon, and you're trying to advertise all on your lonesome, you're going to have very little visibility. But if you're a company that is aggregating leads for plumbers, and you've got, you know, a, a campaigns running in every single major DMA, now you get to see, you know, what's working, what's not, search terms, keywords, you know, calls to action, hooks, whatever. And Google's about to create a whole new layer of a potential advertiser that is going to stand in between the, the those that search and those that want, you know, that access. And and I think that that there's some good and bad to it, but I think that there's a danger there that we all need to be cognizant of because you know anytime you create that kind of intermediary market, you're, you're now in arbitrage uh, uh, territory, which you know causes its own issues. How, how did I do there, Ralph? I feel like I'm, everybody's asleep. No, it's <laughs> good. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another potential play where the little guy is going to get hurt to a certain degree, which was, you know, Facebook's 
you know, big play when this first thing came out. Oh, you're killing the small business. I think in a much, you know, nicer way and maybe in a way that people don't understand, except, you know, the people who really understand the algorithm and how the whole thing works is the same thing that might be happening over on the Google side of the equation. And very soon. And when is, when is the flock, uh, the arrival of the flock? They're doubling the testing cohort in a month. And then I, it's, it's interesting because that's also very vague and opaque. What's going to happen is still vague and opaque. They might, they've already made some pivots and I think they'll continue to, but the, the, the general sort of, you know, whisperings is come 2022 flock will land, but Google, and they're notorious for this. They phase things in without telling you. And they do this in the SEO world. You know, we all come from an SEO background, more or less. And, you know, you would you would see the impact of something. And then Google a month later would say, oh, yeah, we made an algo change. And all of us nice. are like, oh, well, that's what it was. So I think that that's what's going to happen. They're going to rip the Band-Aid off and not tell us. Um, and then we're just going to have to contend with it. So I, I do think that there's some opportunity there because um, you're going to burn off a lot of, you know, so many Google advertisers aren't tracking conversions. They're not properly conversion optimizing. And all of those fools get like, just railroaded. And so we'll see some industries where they're going to open up some chasms that we're going to be able to spend into. I'm kind of excited about that piece. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that is more Google's MO, MO is to just mm. sort of, hey, we're going to not tell anybody. And then I remember being a former reformed SEO. It's like, oh, well, that was the Penguin update. That's why everything went to crap. Yeah, thanks for nothing, yeah. Google. And then, you thanks know, it's interesting, nothing. this is self-imposed. The iOS update happened to Facebook. Google's, it's honestly, it's a brilliant sleight of hand. It's a freaking parlor trick. They're rolling this out as though they're the governing body. Mm. You know, they're the great magnanimous right. privacy protectors. Here's what's interesting is Google's still capturing all that data. Sure. Nothing mm. you do is private still. They're just not necessarily giving it to advertisers. And so they're, they're you know, they're, they're walking over, they're stepping across the line, putting their arm around you. And they're like, don't worry, we've got your back. We got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and all of us are like, well, you're the, you know, <laughs> You're the one we're all worried about, but it's <laughs> you got 70 million data points. <laughs> it's working. People are like, oh my goodness, thank God they're doing that. You know, good for Google for protecting our privacy. And I'm just like, all right, man, you know, let's see how far this gets us. <laughs> so I know you got to run, but uh, so the impact of iOS from your side as a, as an agency owner running, you know, millions of dollars in ads, I see, what's it been like? I see people rushing to YouTube. Because mm -hmm. YouTube and, and Facebook are analogous and just in terms of the way that they engage, you know, very top mm -hmm. of the funnel value provision value first, that type of thing. And I've seen the costs inside of YouTube spike. The number of YouTube educators trying to sell YouTube training has gone up. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think a it's, lot of those guys. Facebook wow. advertisers sort of, I don't want to say scrambling, but like, where else can we go? And so we see them pushing into YouTube to a lesser degree. We see them pushing into Google Display um, and people are just going multi-channel you know, which is to be expected. So uh, outside of that, it hasn't impacted search much yet, but I think it can and it will because people are going to start moving down the funnel and we'll see what happens. You know, again, it's all good for me. I'm an agency, but it where my concern lies is for the small business owner that actually has to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, it's not done out of protection and privacy, as some people would say. It's done because these are publicly traded companies, everyone. Like we, you know, we have no one to blame but ourselves because we migrated to these platforms like that. We did it to ourselves, but also still at the end of the day, 
this is advertising that maybe has a little bit less visibility, maybe might hurt the small business owner, but it's still a hell of a lot better than placing a blind ad in a newspaper or a magazine or doing what I used to do, which is sell 30 second spots on cable because somebody watched CNN versus <laughs> ESPN. Like that was our targeting back then. I mean, I don't mean to sound like an old, you know, fart coming to the advertising world, but like, let's not get too far away from the fact that we still have it good, but it's just going to separate out the wheat from the chaff to a certain degree, especially, you know, what's happening right now on iOS. And it certainly sounds like that's going to be the case when, when Flock does arrive and uh, when Google doesn't tell us it's arrived, people will just mm -hmm. start seeing it in the results, especially the small business owner. So uh, really appreciate both of you guys coming on here today. This has been tremendous. Uh, for everything that we mentioned in this week's show, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 312. Until next week, see ya. Thank you.